There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm, I'm, I'm Barry George. Windows 7 was my idea. <laughs> The Squareball Podcast. To buy the Squareball magazine, get back issues and podcasts, visit thesquareball.net. In Podcast 9, we are easy like Sunday morning as we emerge from our hangovers to look at the last three Leeds games. We also wonder how drunk we were when we painted Billy's statue and we hide in the bushes with our friend Barry, hoping to get a word with Ken Bates. We're back, Squareball Podcast. Uh, if there's a slightly different sound or slightly different feel to the podcast today, it's because we're recording this on the Sunday morning, straight after the MK Dons game, uh, rather than our usual Monday evening slot. Therefore, uh, we might have one or two sore heads in the studio, and thinking of nobody in particular, uh, let me introduce the other gentlemen sharing this pre-lunch get-together today. Michael Normanton, how are you feeling today? Uh, Marvellous, yeah. Uh, I'm... I'm so glad we don't do this on a Sunday normally. <laughs> also here we've got Moscow White. I'm fine. I'm just angry that we are here on a Sunday morning. Not my idea. And uh, Oddie's in the studio as well. Hello to you. I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do podcast at thesquareball.net via email. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. And straight away, we'll go to an email that landed into our inbox. Yes, <laughs> I have that email here. <laughs> <laughs> it says, hello at the pod. Um, just a quick email to say congrats on the latest pod. I particularly enjoyed the rant directed in Paul Lynch's direction. I was myself embroiled in a discussion about that twats recently. My point being that the self-professed governor was too scared to step up and take a penalty during Euro 96, which Southgate subsequently made a hash of, as if you'd forgotten. Anyone who gives himself a nickname like that deserves the highest degree of hatred and vitriol, so I did chuckle during the latest pod. Anyway, keep up the good work and let's hope our latest form doesn't fizzle out, as it inevitably will. <laughs> leads, leads, leads. Uh, that's from Rich Aspinall. And he's right. And he's reminded me about um, David Batty, who got all the criticism when he missed um, the penalty for England. And his, his response was uh, basically, no other bugger was uh, particularly putting their hand up, so I thought I might as well do it. And there was a beautiful story that his dad phoned him um, after he'd missed it because he'd been watching on telly. And uh, Dave said, all right, Dad. And his dad just went, I bloody knew you were going to miss that. <laughs> That's the bit of the commentary as well where Kevin Keegan's doing it and... Um he says, I can't remember who was the main commentator, but said, you know him as well as anyone, do you back him to score? And he went, yes. <laughs> oh. Yes or no? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great predicting. From yeah, King. That famous goal scorer, David Batty. <laughs> So that referencing back to the previous podcast where we had a little bit of a rant at uh, Paul Inns, probably well deserved. Uh, we'll come on to him actually when we talk about the MK Dons game. Uh, before we get on to Whitewatch in part one, uh, also worth clearing up an issue from the previous podcast. We were talking about Bergerac being in Jersey and we've got to the bottom of what sort of car he drives. It is in fact a 1947 Triumph Roadster and that's from Arthur Graham on Wacko who cleared that up for us. I'm glad we've cleared up that um, very important point. It's been a stressful fortnight of uh, worry and concern. Um, and it's, um, Arthur Graham was probably one of his biggest contributions to Leeds United, <laughs> um, clearing that up for us. So thanks, Arthur. Oddie, you've got a message, haven't you, as well? Yeah, uh, a chap I bumped into used to while selling the magazines, uh, John from Jersey, who would like a, a big hello. And he gets that because he said, we're doing a really good job. How big a hello does he want? 
a really big hello. I'm not sure Michael's going to be able to. Michael, do you want to give him a big hello? I'll give him, I'll give him a shy wave. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into it then. Part one, uh, that's white watching. The last uh, 14 days matches. We've got three games to cover in this particular period. Uh, the victory up at Carlisle, the awful defeat to Gillingham, and then the thumping win against MK Dons. I'll throw it open to the floor. Carlisle was all right. We played quite well there. Um, through, managed to throw away a lead again, which we seem to be doing constantly at the moment. I mean, obviously, MK Dons. Um, but no, we, we played really well, and the Becchio and uh, Gradle things just kind of really kicked on there. And uh, yeah, it seems so long ago now after the Gilling. <laughs> Well, we've proved that we can score without Beckford as well because it was one of our fears, wasn't it, that we kind of we weren't capable of winning. I mean, we didn't win at Gillingham, but we proved we can score without Beckford. It's true, and it's been the right. I think at the end of the last pod, we were all hoping that that would be the change we'd see at Carlisle. We got it, and it works, and it's even improved um, Beckford by the looks of things. He doesn't seem to have. There's no real evidence that he's he's thrown his um, toys out or that it's it's caused some. A massive split that he's suddenly not starting. It's just um, I read someone pointing out that we've got three informed strikers at the moment. I do worry a bit about maximum in terms of consistency because I think um, at Gillingham it sounded like he was uh, pretty bad. Um, but two out of three is better than some of the other um, idiots that we've had playing for us lately. After after I was slagging off Beckford a bit, well not slagging him off, but I was sort of arguing against him in the last pod. At Gillingham ended getting in an argument with someone for him because <laughs> someone was saying, "Oh shit, what's he ever done for this club?" I was like, well, scored thirty goals each yeah, season. And then it was also the same guy. It was because I, I initially started arguing with him about Housen because he just played misplaced a pass or something, and he went, he's a class above this level. Is what he was saying to me. And I said, on, "On what evidence?" And his evidence was he's leads through and through. Oh, well. Which is evidence in it, you know. I said, you know, so am I. But it doesn't mean I should be on a football pitch under any circumstances. <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up defending him quite a bit then, and he just he, he sort of uh, waddled off when Beckford came on and won a penalty and then scored. How how drunk were you when you were arguing with this stanchion? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, going to Gillingham uh, again. Well, yeah, like the previous podcast when we looked at uh, at the Swindon game, what went wrong? Apart from everything, we just couldn't defend. We just were all over the place. And one of the things to come out of Carlisle, Naylor and Collins both looked fairly solid, and they were just absolutely all over the place. Um, well, because Naylor was brought in to not be bullied in defence, wasn't he? So it was it was sad to see them getting basically out muscled at Gillingham. Yeah, I mean they weren't helped by midfield either. Again, who like it was Housen and Doyle's worst game of the season, probably. They just I, I don't think either of them got near anything the entire day um, and then Snoddy was a bit off form as well he's kind of you know relatively consistent so in the end it just meant we didn't really have any <laughs> midfield and the defence was off form so it's amazing we scored two to be quite honest It's strange that since um, Higgs has come back have we? has he kept a clean sheet since he's been back I think there's been one maybe but he's we have started leaking a lot of goals I think it's a coincidence because I still think he's better than Casper well, he certainly seems to command his um, his area better than Casper, doesn't he? You can tell he talks to the, the defence more. Well, yeah, but then we can't defend a corner. It's coincided with Kisnorbo being out as well, though, hasn't it? So mm. I mean, that's he's, and he's you know our obvious player of the season, I would say. Well, it's funny. I was going back through the old square ball magazines and I looked back to issue one from this season and reread the um, Richard Naylor interview that we did, and it reminded me. Obviously, he had quite a serious injury in operation at the start of the year, didn't he? Do we think that's affected his form? It's either that or a midlife crisis. <laughs> Not sure. So in the Gillingham game, um, Beckford obviously on the bench for that came off uh, to step up and score the penalty. Uh, going on to the MK Dons game, again he started from the bench again, uh, bagged himself a couple. It's like you say, it's good to see him uh, receive the proverbial kick up the arse, really, isn't it? Yeah, his his attitude's been pretty good, really. To be fair, and like when he came off the bench at um, at Carlisle, initially there were a few little boos going around, but then he had a song for him straight after, and it was kind of he, he responded well to it. So and he seemed to enjoy his goal as well against MK Dons, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he should he could have had a hat trick actually, which was a bit of a shame. It'd have been yeah. quite nice for him to come off the bench. And uh, his first challenge when he came on, he went down with a. One of his head injuries, oh, he didn't, and didn't he, yeah. around on the floor, and everybody went, "Oh, <laughs> he's back!" And there's some people behind me just, just 
Bedford, get off your ass and chase the ball down. And then within a few minutes, he scored quite a pitch of a goal. Uh, and then it's everybody changes their opinions, don't they? He does love Us ho- fickle fans. He does love hole in the back of his head, though. He, he does, like yeah. A newborn baby with a soft, <laughs> soft spot on it. So. Maybe he was once plugged into the Matrix or something. Maybe. But no, he, he was good. He had a, yeah. seemed to have a good, good attitude when he came on, which I know is what people mainly criticise him for. So. We can use him as a super sub now. Yeah, there's not not many, well, not many clubs in the Championship, but or even the Premiership for a lot of teams have a striker as good as that to bring off the bench. So, I think it's. I'm not sure of the exact. We could maybe check it, but apparently this is the first time we've had a striker score 30 goals in three consecutive seasons since about 1920 something. Sure Yet another example of how he's done nothing for this game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. He, he will remain in the record books even after his, uh, his soft-headed whining has, uh, <laughs> has gone to Everton or West Ham. Just to offer a, perhaps a counterbalance to that, um, do we think that we haven't been a particularly high-scoring team, though, in these last few years? Is it not just the case that he's scored a higher proportion of our goals rather than us getting goals from all over the field? Well, Trezor Candol wasn't going to score them, was he? <laughs> well, last season we hit the hundred goal mark, and we got a lot. Of, a lot of players were scoring goals. Uh, yeah, I think that's happened this season. And Becchio this year is is uh, he hit twenty yet? He's very close to it. Um, so he's so if you got two strikers that scored fifty goals between them, um, it doesn't matter that Johnny House and um, can't shoot for shit. <laughs> it's, um, oh, past them. Oh, Johnson's oh. shooting yesterday as well. Oh. Oh, it, was, it was so frustrating. He just kept hammering a ball as hard as he can from it. He thinks that somehow it's going to fly in one day, and he had a free kick. And I think everyone was just waiting for it to fly over the bar. I think the MK Dons, I think, only put one man in the wall. They were that, they were that sure it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't go in. It's just a shame that his boots are manufactured by Toblerone. And after Gillingham, um, Grayson made the decision to drop Howell, uh, made the decision to drop Doyle. No, I like. I actually quite like just referring them now as as Hoyle. Just <laughs> put them, put the two together. Like Brangelina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, gruesome, the gruesome twosome footballer. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he dropped Doyle uh, and brought in Johnson in the centre, which um, he obviously and then brought Sanchez Watts. Yeah, I was going to come to Sanchez. What what do we make of his impact? It's nice to see him getting a start and and causing problems. He's uh, good. He was yeah. Better than the alternative. Yeah. It was a very attacking lineup, wasn't it? When you look at the, the midfield four of uh, what? Of what? Who? <laughs> what? Snodgrass, Johnson, and Kilkenny. It's quite an attacking lineup. Yeah, but that's what we should, I've, I've been wanting that to happen more at, at home against teams that aren't really any good. And like they've got, they had massive injury problems. Probably not now helped by the <laughs> disciplinary problems, but. Um, yeah, but at home we've not. I think sometimes we've been a bit too defensive this year. When really we like against people like Wickham and Brighton and things. I've thought, you know, if we attack, we them, should be bloody hammering these teams. Put them on the back no, foot. We should be. Yeah. And briefly, do we think that we're going to retain an attacking lineup for the Charlton game, uh, the next one, or do you think it's going to be a bit more conservative and uh, and Hoyle, Housen and Doyle might come back into midfield? I would hope he keeps it the same. I don't think he would change that lineup. Although I can maybe imagine. I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped what the way he dropped White um, for the Huddersfield game um, with the spurious excuse that maybe he doesn't have the experience, but I would personally just um, uh, leave Watt on the wing. Is it a case of being a little bit more brave that we need to go out and impose ourselves on other teams rather than playing that conservative midfield and trying to contain other teams? It might be the case that, because Naylor and Collins seem to be struggling um, that anything we can do to keep the ball away from them is probably a good idea at this <laughs> point. And so, yeah, just keep it all up the other end and then yeah. it's not such a... And uh, another injury for uh, Ben Parker. Yeah, it was nice to see him back, but do we know how serious the injury actually is? No idea. He see, he wasn't under a challenge or anything when he went when he went down injured. So that is generally a sign that a something sign. quite bad has happened. They said on radio that it was his calf, but um, it? didn't say how bad it was. Watts picked up an injury as well, but I didn't think that was too bad. But at least he um, he's actually seen a football at some point this season. I think Ben Parker's probably. Um, he's not finished a game, has he, this season? He no. went off injured first first game of the season. He's uh, only had substitute appearances since. It's a shame because, one, he he's looks pretty good from what I remember from the end of last year. And um, and we could have used a left-back at, at certain points. We've tried enough enough different variations on it, yeah. haven't we? I think on MK Downs, we, sh- we probably shouldn't get 
too carried away because we've got to remember they, they had a huge injury problems. I don't even think they had a full a full squad that to, they could uh, you know name subs from. I think they and bizarrely Ince walked away, didn't they? Yeah, just before season and then end. you know I've never ever seen three straight reds in my life. I don't think so. It was, it was a bizarre game. Um, has anyone actually seen them since? I can't really comment on whether they were. Yeah, I've they seen were, them. Were I think the penalty one, obviously. One but. of them. I think a couple of them. They went over the ball. Dubious. Probably one or maybe two of them were nailed on red cards. I think the, the Beckford one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That, I saw that one, but so the others, I, I didn't really. The first one I thought was a, a tough fifty-fifty challenge. But he seen, it, seen it. I saw it back on Sky Sports News, and he uh, he seemed to go over the ball for it. So possibly deserved. There was a brief moment as well when everyone went, oh, who's, who's injured? Oh, that's right, we don't own him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go then. That's the last fortnight. Um, down to two games to go. We'll look at those two games, Charlton and Bristol Rovers in part four. Uh, right now then, we will stop. Uh, go grab ourselves probably a, a, a coffee or maybe an Alka-Seltzer and return. Part two is going to be on the way in just a moment. <laughs> Part two, Square Ball Podcast. We'll have a look at the news and the occurrences from the last fortnight since we last spoke to you. And where to start then? Billy Bremner statue has had an interesting refurbishment. Um, he's now got a very white shirt and very ginger hair. Which he always did have yep. in real life. I think the kit's fine, but it's just the hair. is It's just a step too far, but you don't need that level of, you know... We don't need it spelling out to us that he had red hair. We know... We remember. Yeah. When I looked at the statue, bronze as it was, I remembered that he had ginger hair. So I think I the thing is they've done, the, they've done the kit and they've done the hair, but obviously, for want of a better way of phrasing it, they haven't done the skin, so he's like he's like he's bronze-coloured with ginger hair, which looks a bit he bizarre. He brown. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> people understand statues. They understand that they're made of... They're not real people. <laughs> they don't need to look like real people. It's not Madame Tussauds. <laughs> the thing I've, problem I've always had with statues is eyes. They don't ever know what to do with the eyes, and they're a bit They hollow out the pupils sometimes, and that can look a bit terrifying. <laughs> Especially if like yours this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think Billy will probably look better as time fades him a little bit, We need maybe. some time to get used to each other again. It's, yeah. it's like he's he's come home with a... With a new haircut. And, and tattoos. Yeah, and we, we liked him how he was. So. What's this story about the boots then, anyway? Tell us about this. Is well, it true? Is it an apocryphal tale? It's just a, well, it, it was on a, um, a Leeds United internet forum, so you'd be the judge of how true it was. But it seems to be, um, it's one of our reasonable sources that he, uh, that nobody knew that this paint job was going on because the club made a big thing about him being refurbished and that the original sculptor, old um, colourblind what's-a-face, was, uh, <laughs> was going to have another crack at it just to tidy him up and she put the scaffolding up and took it down again and he's ginger and he's wearing Adidas boots. Um, and that may apparently have created a copyright issue of whether we can just have some... Uh, we can paint three stripes on everything without um, Adidasler and his cohorts coming to... Um, server writ. Is it not, some sort of, is it not like a free advert though? Is well, yeah, but did he? Um, I don't think he even ever wore Adidas boots. So for historical accuracy, she got the shirt number right. That's that's progress. To be fair, that was engraved on anyway. Well, yes. <laughs> Maybe she needed clues. Um, but um, yeah, so black boots would do. In fact, bronze boots would do. Um, that's the message. We liked it how it was, and we like it where it is as well. We are um, from Yorkshire. We don't like change. Oh uh, other stuff in the news. Uh, we discovered another nice picture of a celebrity Leeds fan. Uh, I use the term celebrity very reservedly. Uh, one Mr Barry George uh, was pictured in the News of the World wearing a beautiful Macron jacket. Um, thinking who else we could get perhaps to, to model stuff we could get Robert Mugabe wearing thongs or it was nice to see that it was a Macron one as well because that's new that's not it's not some old thing that he's had lying around from the it should have been in his evening post shirt shouldn't he yeah really? it's not like he's he's glory hunting he's gone he's, he's gone to the effort there to think I'm going to get a new well that's the thing with that you, you can't hold against Barry George is when he likes something I think he really <laughs> likes it. He, he doesn't... Um, and once he takes that jacket off, he's got his combat gear underneath. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think he's the kind of dedicated supporter that we all aspire to be. Do we have perhaps have an issue with celebrity Leeds fans? Um, 
Because we've had a couple of turncoats, haven't we? Like Nasser Hussein has uh, drifted away from the church, mm-hmm. and uh, Montgomery as well. Montgomery as well, famously quoted as saying that he just indulged himself in Chelsea a little bit, and I think all of a sudden he's uh, he's a true blue in his own eyes. They were never they were never proper Leeds fans, were they? they were just not like Stefan Edberg. <laughs> It does colour your opinion of, of these people, certainly. I mean, I've wished nothing but ill on Colin Montgomery um, since uh, finding out. I mean, it's not possible to just mildly indulge with Chelsea. As soon as you you even glance at them, I think you are um, you're um, are ready to be shot. And uh, um, but conversely, you can if you find out that somebody is a Leeds fan, um, then your your opinion of them can change slightly like the um, guy from the stereophonics whose music I can't stand however he's a Leeds United fan so I've um, got a, a grudging respect and, and Mandy Dingle um, when she revealed herself as a, as a Leeds United fan you did start thinking well maybe I could find room on the wall for a poster which brings <laughs> us right back round to, uh, to Barry George because of course she presented you've been framed <laughs> Uh, come on. Well done, that one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, also, celebrities generally who are from Yorkshire and don't support Leeds, just over a rant to them as well, like Jeff Boycott and Darren Goff and people like that. Jeff Boycott's a red, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's a scummer. which is just unforgivable. And Darren Goff seems to support a mixture of Spurs and MK Dons, which is a very odd mixture and just confirms his bloody clueless approach to life. Has anyone actually had the misfortune to hear him on the radio? Yeah. He's yeah. probably... I would say he's the worst person I've ever heard on the radio talking about football. He clearly has no idea, but he's been he's been told, "Oh, Darren, you've got to have an opinion on this." And so he just be argues, controversial, have an yeah, agenda. Yeah, he just he just rants on. It was the other day he was saying how Gary Neville should go to the World Cup and play. Was it, and he was being, clearly been forced to argue at this point. He didn't actually have any reasons for it other than he was good once. People who shouldn't be broadcasting. I don't know if any of you have seen Dean Windass presenting on Sky oh, Sports. Oh, brilliant. That is something to behold. I, I wonder if somebody employed him for a bet. It's like a care in the community <laughs> scheme or something he's on. He's not oh. right, is he? No, not at all. He hates us as well, doesn't he? That's another famous lead hater. Maybe that's it. He's known for drinking around the pubs in Bradford, actually. Um, right. Friends have seen him. I've heard some story about as well. He, Paul Jewell got him into a golf club. And he had to go through interviews and stuff. Then, as soon as he was approved as a member, <laughs> he just spent all day in the bar and ended up like being told the next day, actually, no, we don't want you as a member anymore. <laughs> having done there, there are pubs for this purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and all the subjects of top pop combos, we had the Kaiser Chiefs, of course, who we had on the show. Celebrity friends of the podcast. Yes. Don't, don't we sound like tossers now? <laughs> <laughs> if we can get Barry George on, I would be absolutely delighted. If you're listening, Barry, drop us an email. Actually, Barry. Um, but leave it at one email (laughs) (laughs) don't know if I want him to know where I live or how to contact me Um, podcast at thesquareball.net Barry if you are there other news there is a new home kit to be debuted against Bristol Rovers in the final home game of the season Um, again I don't want to sound like a a tight arse Yorkshireman here but what happened to a kit lasting for two years they were were going to start printing the dates in and everything weren't they say when it would uh, expire by I don't know if it would then just like disappear into shreds on your on your body Um, do you have a change of sponsor I don't know that's how I got round it last time I'm intrigued I'm always intrigued to see what the kit's like I stopped buying them because I'm a grown man Um, (laughs) I don't know if you've heard the adverts that um, Bates Radio have been running on it but it's um, it's Eddie Gray basically talking meanderingly um, like a, an old man in a pub. How many times does he say you a, know? There's a lot of... Uh, well, it's Is the boy mentioned all? <laughs> the boy that he was, he, speak, he talks about making his debut and the first time he ever pulled on that famous white shirt and then wearing it every day, which I thought match days would probably have been enough, um, Eddie. But, um, and then he just goes on. And, for, and I didn't know what it was. It just seems to be like they just inserted this ramble um, at halftime to fill a bit of space up. And then at the end it says, the new Leeds United home kits will does, be unveiled. So I'm wondering if we're going to get something um, white. Well, I was going to say, does, did Eddie make mention of blue panels being smashed <laughs> all over it in a willy-nilly fashion? Yeah, I mean, it's it's annoying. When did we just last have just a plain white home shirt? Probably the, the Asics Hotels kit, wasn't one, it? Yeah. Yeah. Coca-Cola Cup final oh. one. Yeah. Well. What memories? <laughs> it should be... I had a horrible uh, neck on it as well. Well, the look at the England shirt as well. What we want is the, the England shirt best. but with a Leeds badge on it, and yeah. preferably made by a decent company. Well... <laughs> Um, just a white T-shirt would be fine. I don't even see what else it needs on it. Stitch an LUFC thing on it. Get rid of that horrible, diagonally striped, Ridsdale-inspired horror show that we wear um, in 
in space of a, a badge. I don't and, think um, anyone actually likes that badge, do they? If, right. if you ask in, if you ask people's favourite badge, people always say either the smiley or generally the football in a Yorkshire Rose. But the, the smiley or, should be left as it is, and mm. I don't know, the, maybe the Yorkshire Rose represented an era, but the LUFC is timeless, isn't it? Yeah. I think we should go back to that. I think just, yeah, the script, just the four letters will do for me. The problem is, obviously, you'd have to replace the, the illuminated sign on the side of the East Stand, and that costs money. Well, this is true. In other news this uh, fortnight, Danny Mills has completed a wheelchair marathon. Um for the Spina Bifida charity he was raising money for that we mentioned it um, when we interviewed him uh, earlier on in the season and he did it in a, in a very very quick time didn't he it was uh, like two and a half hours or something it was pretty good timing well done Danny Mills yeah very worthy cause um, and I think if you want to donate to that he's got a Just Giving page justgiving.com forward slash Danny Mills wheelchair marathon not quite Leeds news but kind of related to us because it's our in quotes uh, rivals uh, Hull have been all but relegated from the Premier League which is delightful to see um, hopefully we'll get the opportunity to to play them next season yeah. um, and also Huddersfield fans showing just the scale of their ambitions because they invaded the pitch at Stockport um, having secured a playoff place so uh, congratulations if that's the height of your aspirations if you've got little else to celebrate then I say when you've got something to celebrate um, embarrass yourselves as much as you want and uh, and I think they've surely done that I don't know if they did they carry any terriers aloft as they went <laughs> <laughs> and Hull City got the uh, curse of Adam Pearson who yeah left Leeds United to uh, go to Hull and there are yeah, the rumours that there could be an administration before the season's out there because there's no set precedent of carrying over points deductions from the Premier League to the Football League um, but you know Hopefully they won't be able to get a CVA in time for the new season. And uh... there was rumours today as well that Phil Brown might be actually be going back. I thought Pearson didn't really like him. That was the. Kind I, don't, of... I don't think he does, but I don't think they can afford to pay him off, and they need a manager. <laughs> he's somehow he's, <laughs> he's, he's, on, he's they wanted on, a manager, but instead they got Ian Dowie. He's actually just on leave at the moment, isn't he? He's not actually being properly sacked. So they backed so. themselves into this stupid situation where they tried to get rid of the manager, and now they've got two. Yeah. One's, one's still called, the one they didn't want. And one's called a football management consultant or something yes, stupid, exactly isn't it? what he is, yeah. Um, well, that's what his job title is. A very is, ugly man, that's what he should it. be called. Yeah, so we look forward to playing Hull next season. Hopefully they'll be battling relegation again. And uh, and hopefully not Huddersfield. And it looks like as well Sheffield Wednesday might be heading uh, heading down in this direction. So we've either got a York, another Yorkshire derby to look forward to next season or or hopefully... Oh, Hopefully not, yeah. Uh, and one team we won't be playing if we go up next season is Newcastle, since they've been promoted back to the Premier League. Uh, how nice it was to see Alan Smith celebrating a, uh, a promotion with his... Just, confer- it- just confirming to us all that he's not a championship player, as, he, right, uh, yeah. as, he, yeah. as he mentioned. Yeah. Uh, when Has he scored for Newcastle? I'm not doubt it. sure. There are tales... Still a lot running around, though. <laughs> there are tales mired in history that he might have once scored some goals sometimes his record's incredible since he left us he scored something like it's like three goals in about 12 goals <laughs> ever since he left us which is unbelievable really but. does he not play more midfield now he does now yeah, yeah. to be fair still it's no excuse so yeah that's the uh, the news and occurrences from the last 14 days uh, we'll move on to part three in just a second and tell you all about when the square ball met Ken Bates <laughs> Tuesday the 20th of April 2010 a date that will go down in history as the square ball met Ken Bates so was it like Alien versus Predator was it like Ali versus Foreman or was it more Steptoe and Son uh, Michael you were there you went head to head with Ken Bates at the Lorimer's Bar event uh, tell us all about it uh, it was a, I suppose it was it was more Steptoe and Son I would say if anything um, yeah it was I mean it, it was announced at very late notice um, I think it was a about lunchtime, um, it was they kind of put on the website. Oh, and, and by the way, um, Bates will be attending this this thing at Lorimer's Bar tonight as well. Uh, I wasn't going to go to it initially, but I thought, well, you don't get a chance to see the uh, the lovable old, <laughs> old rogue <laughs> rogue very often. May as well pop down. And um, I've never actually been to any of any similar events in the past either. But I'd spoken to other people, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of a bit of a loving, really. It's um, you know, it's just people asking, you know." How Susanna is and like how great are you, Ken? Are you yeah, great? tell us how great you are and that sort of thing. So and I thought, well, I'm, I don't think I'll fit in necessarily that well. Um, but there's a few other people as well went down to ask sort of awkward questions, um, as you would expect. Nothing. He didn't properly answer anything really. Um, I asked him about who'd be paying his legal fees, 
um, from from the Levy court case and everything. Um, he said just loads of stuff about how our program sales are very good and we sell more programs than Everton and the Man City. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As if, as if that was somehow relevant. And when he left Chelsea, uh, their program sales dropped by 20%. Um, and so uh, Ben Fry was trying to get the microphone back off me now because he clearly didn't want me to respond to <laughs> but, um so I said how long do you think it would, would take to recoup one and a half million pounds in programme sales um, and then he just said something about well the letters I get say I'm doing a great job and and just for the record Ken it's, uh, it's half a million programmes even if you're making <laughs> if you're making a pure three pounds for each programme that's half a million programmes you'll need to sell to to cover that legal bill so Crikey. and you're obviously not getting our letters <laughs> I don't sign them to be fair, they're all cut out newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that one. Um, there were questions about the ownership, um, which it was the standard, it got battered back and forth. They don't want to know. Why don't you tell us? Because they don't want to know. It kind of went back and forth like that. Um, but the bottom line, really, the important thing that came out of that question was um, it said it, the guy asking the question um, said, So if we want to complain about the way you're running the club, who can we go to? And he said, You can't go to anyone tough that's was, good was, which was nice of him um, another guy asked about Yorkshire Radio saying why are we keeping going on this when it's um, costing the club £600,000 in the latest set of accounts uh, when we, it should be something that we're making money off it was actually carrying liabilities of a million pounds as well when the club bought the shares in Yorkshire Radio as well so they somebody had to basically pay that million pounds in order to keep it as a going concern so yeah, I mean that again. He just sort of said it's a very useful communications device for the club, i.e., propaganda machine. Um, <laughs> but and, and he was like, oh well, some of the losses are not maybe real losses because it's all, you know, they do work for us for well, free. It monopoly money in. Yeah, I don't know. It's passed around between various organisations. The way I mean the whole Yorkshire Radio thing is very odd. Like the way we've owned it and not owned it, and they've owed us money and we've owed them money, and it's um, it's all been a bit of a. Uh, a strange one without I'll, I'll just describe it you, as a strange use one the word, going, use the word murky and tell us about your uh, your use of the word murky and what Ken well, to say about yeah, that this is when it, there was questions asked about Thorpe Arch um, Sean Harvey gave quite a long winded answer without actually really saying anything sort of saying how um, you know they'd gone to the council and the council came to them at the 11th hour with all these questions and 
it was just too late and they couldn't put it through. Um, so I said, why was nothing in place, given that they've been at the club for five years? Why nothing was in place as they've known about it until that point? You know, were they not thinking to put money aside? They just seemed to go to the council at the last minute. And I said, um, it, it can't have helped, surely, the fact that nobody is allowed to know who the owners are. It surely that surely raised a lot of questions, um, and I, I said, uh, you know, the, the murky ownership of it. Um, and then at the end, went up to the uh, the desk that Ken was at and asked him for an interview for the magazine. <laughs> um, and he gave me all the usual bluster of it. Did, did he not say yes? No, no, he's not not a big fan of mine by all accounts. He <laughs> um, was given the usual like, who, who are you? Who, how many do you sell? What's it? Who? What right do you have? Sort of thing. Um, and then he said, I've been rude in my questionings for, for describing it as murky. And I said, well, in, in what way is it not murky, given that we don't know who it is and you won't tell us? Um, and at that point, he turned away from me and said he wasn't discussing it like a little child. He just <laughs> turned his back on me. <laughs> um, are you aware that you, uh, you were mentioned on Yorkshire Radio by Mr Chairman? I don't, yeah, I've, I've heard. It was... Yeah, I don't know exactly what was said. As but. I understand it, he, he said uh, some fella from a League United fanzine uh, was asking questions at the fans forum. Um, I asked him about the circulation of his magazine. He said, it's none of your business, Ken. Um, and these are the people that want uh, transparency at the club. <laughs> not quite on it's the not, same it's scale, not quite is it? the same, no. <clears throat> we sell a magazine for a pound for people who want to buy it. <laughs> and, you know... I, I I don't mind telling him how we saw really. I just thought I'd be a bit defiant as he was in that sort of a mood himself. Well, I think it, it would have just ended up in the programme notes or he would have used it as a stick to beat us. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, Essentially, it doesn't really matter how many you sell. It doesn't mean the questions that were asked weren't legitimate. If we sell 10 or 10,000, the questions being asked are still good questions. So it's basically absolutely irrelevant as far as I'm concerned quality not quantity is what we're getting at we're not using the um, the money from this non-profit fanzine to uh, pay for a spurious court case that we lost either exactly not yet we're not <laughs> no yeah. there's time for that coming yeah. up yeah. Um, yeah but the Thor Park stuff in general as well that was just um, again not really any proper um any proper answers but one thing that did come out of that which the club has tried desperately to backtrack on um, with statements on the website and things someone asked about um, in particular the Delft money what had happened with that at which point Bay said we hadn't had any of it yet he said well we've not had the Delft money yet and obviously that sounds ridiculous because we sold it so we sold our prize asset and have had nothing for him yet apparently but the club's now tried to backtrack on that on the website they've made statements saying oh no we, we've got some money but then some is dependent upon appearances um, but then they don't help themselves by sending inconsistent messages I don't for one second believe that we've had no Delft money no, I, I don't, don't think for one second that he probably meant that we've had no money for Delft but to turn around and say Something like that at a fans forum. It's just it just it muddies the waters to use the phrase that Ken. Likes the answer to use. I think was geared towards don't have a goat me. We don't have any money. Was what he was trying to say. But surely that is the entire underlying point. Though, yeah. That, you know, it's it, they may be running it in a more business like fashion, but it doesn't help if we're incurring million. You know, reported million and a half pound uh, court case fees when he's preaching prudence. On the other hand, exactly and. The radio station as well is another thing that you just look at the figures and you think, why are we persevering with this? It's making it's losing huge amounts of money. Um, and for all people, the d- standard defensive base is, oh, well, he's, he's got the club running on a good footing and things, but we're not. We're, we're, those latest accounts show we've made a big loss if, without player trading, and I imagine the, the next set will probably reveal the same thing. And that's the message he seems to be gearing towards giving as well. He's trying to claim, on the one hand, he's a brilliant businessman and running the club as well as he possibly could be, um, but don't expect him to spend any money because he can't make any. It, th- th- that's a paradox, isn't it? Or is it a catch-22? It's probably just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so I, I had a bit of a chat with him and gave him uh, my contact details. Cause it's, he, it's he, he often your co- phone number. He often comes out uh, as well in the programme and stuff and will say, oh, people have been having a go at me on forums, but they're not, they don't say their names, they don't say where they're from or anything. So I, I thought I'll be... I gave him my name, phone number, email address. He said he doesn't do email, which was disappointing. I was hoping to be his Facebook friend or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I gave him that on a, a Visit Beeston postcard, <laughs> which will have no doubt thrilled him. Um, stroke, stroke of genius, I'd like to add that. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting evening. It was frustrating, really. Like just the, I think more, more frustrating than the bait stuff because I was expecting his answers. I didn't expect to get any like clear answers from him. But just the other 
people there like just looking at me like a, an idiot for asking the questions was just a bit <laughs> a bit demoralizing really i was thinking this is this is important stuff and people like looking at me like i've <laughs> shit in the handbag for the, <laughs> you know for asking these questions and then then one guy was asking about why he can't get bloody 30 pence off his program with his members discount in the club shop anymore and, and that was like a you know that's a good question is it is it we're we not being a bit unfair to the people who just sort of primarily care about football because obviously we, we've got a, a very big emotional investment in leeds and we you know we we do this because we we love the club and same with the magazine about giving a, a um an open honest voice to the fans um that, but there are people out there who are not that bothered who just like to go turn up to the match on a Saturday with a flask and don't want to be bothered by all this sort of stuff. Are we, are we being unfair to them? It was uh, the other angle of the of the event was that I mean Andy Hughes and Neil Kilkenny were there and I'm sure a lot of people just went along to chat to their favourite players and find out what their favourite players have got to say, which is uh, totally fair enough. And so when some uh, ruffian comes and starts. Um, Acting all belligerent with uh, with the chairman, um, maybe it will put them off their supper. But if there was any other way of getting to Ken Bates rather than spoiling some people's night out, I'm sure um, we'd take it. It's but you know you give him your phone number, give him your email address, um, and all you get back is snide comments in a, in the program notes, and then three hours notice that he's actually going to turn up somewhere and be available to talk to. Well, in the magazine this year, we have offered a full right to reply. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. There are names on there. Well, We're not it. hiding behind... Oh, most of us aren't hiding behind names. Moscow White is uh, certainly not. Um, and Michael's opening gamut is, do you want to do an interview? Yeah. He's just, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do interviews other than for <laughs> people he has editorial control over because then he, he can answer his own questions in his own way. And, like... As as it was then with the questions about Thorpe Arch and things that um, they said there was people stood there trying desperately to get the microphone off me after after my initial question, but I thought I'd, I'm keeping hold of it because I know I'll get some bullshit answer which will require a reply. But he'd rather just go, our program sales are, are much better than Everton's. End of end of question. Well, it doesn't answer it though, does it? Um, and I think that's that's the problem. We don't actually ever get any any straight answers on things. Which leads us nicely into the 10 for Ken movement, uh, which is 10 questions for Ken Bates from concerned Leeds fans. If you haven't heard about this yet and you want full details on it, log on to 10forken.com uh, where you can find out the list of questions that concerned Leeds fans... Uh, well, basically, there was a meeting in Leeds uh, a week or two back. A group of fans concerned for the future of the club and the direction it's taking got together and decided to form a campaign. Um, and it's going under the uh, the guise of 10 for Ken. Uh, 10 questions for Ken Bates from concerned Leeds fans, as I mentioned. Uh, questions we've covered and we've spoken about in the podcast before uh, to do with ownership, uh, the administration, debt, Thorpe Arch, uh, the hotel, ticket prices, Yorkshire Radio, you know, all things we've, we've spoken about before. Um, it's nice to see Leeds fans pulling together and asking, well, the questions that matter, really. It is. It's not... We've... we've uh, Really disparate group, really Leeds fans. There's never, there's never any decent protests being organised or anything. Like even when you know the club was completely falling apart under Risdale and things, there was like you know a few people in the West End car park on a couple of occasions, like yelling a few things. But there's never like you see at other clubs. I know, I know it's because Jodies don't have jobs, but I mean they are like <laughs> at the drop of a hat. There's like eight thousand of them turn up at the ground for for some reason. Was it uh, not like the, the the speed and the the huge impact of what happened at Leeds? It's like with Portsmouth, everyone's seen it coming. Everyone knows that football's in a little bit of trouble. There's too much spending going on. But we were the first and. We seemed to be riding the crest of a wave, and then all of a sudden, it was like the rug was pulled from under our feet, and and we plummeted into administration and went broke, or you know, however it panned out, and all of a sudden we had 120 million quid's worth of debt stacked against us. But debt has become the norm, but was it not the nature of it? It was very difficult at that time to work out just what was going on. Nobody could ever quite get their head around um, the reality of the situation because every day you'd hear something different. Yeah, a lot of the because it started online as this, but I think the idea that there was leafleting and st- stickers and stuff produced. I know for yesterday's um, yesterday's game, as it as it was recorded this on Sunday. Um, yeah. But it's trying to be you know more inclusive and things than other things have previously been. I think I don't know if it's just a general York's thing, but don't like being told what to think. But I think it's trying to be kind of it's more organic, isn't it? Yeah, and like the list of questions as well, like the the leaflet that was produced, it's very much it's very reasonable. It's not using like emotive wording of you know to get this cancer out of our club there's no like ridiculous statements in it really it's just it is 
laying it on the line of 10 re- perfectly reasonable questions that really any fan, I think, would want to know. And an important note that uh, while we were selling the magazine yesterday outside the ground, uh, the people handling out the leaflets were asked to move across the road. So the club were obviously aware of it uh, and weren't very happy. Well, they've got to be aware. I mean, they're saying like eight, I think eight, nine thousand leaflets given out yesterday, and there was no, there was none of them on the ground, which you normally get outside uh, Ellen Road. If there's any ever people giving out leaflets, I say people turned up later on to give out ones for the academy screening England games. They were just all over the floor, but these ones people obviously kept. So it's good. I hope, I hope if just about I think it's about just raising awareness really because I, I think I don't think anyone really expects proper answers to any of these questions but the fact they're being asked the people are you know building awareness of what's actually going on at the club I think well, it's, it's, it's a, a mechanism really to, to head towards accountability isn't it yeah Ken can't keep claiming to have that the only letters he ever gets are from people who say he's doing a brilliant job if outside his window there's 10,000 people or with pieces of paper in, in, in their hands who um, that say entirely the opposite I did leave that event actually slightly thinking this is the main these events are the main time Bates actually faces the public and most people there I don't know there's probably about 120 people there or something most people there did seem to think he was doing a good job I'm sure I would disagree with them but the people that were there think that so I suppose he could get uh, the impression of that I don't well, that's I think that's the re- reasonableness of the 10 for can uh, campaign so far is that it, it's not um, it is just questions. It's not strictly anti-Bates, is it? It's no. not. It's not going out there for the for the sake of. And that's been the point all along with Ken Bates. Is if he ever answered these questions and all his answers were uh, were perfectly reasonable and impossible to argue with, then or consistent, or consistent, um, and the uh, the mysterious owners, the murky owners, turned out to be a, a bunch of uh, lovely nuns who were just using it to finance an orphanage. Then we all just say, well, we'll shake hands. Thanks for letting us know. When um, we we can move on in a happy, um, sunny aspect of loving and uh, and joy. But instead, he just sends us a lot of like snarky comments in the program notes and tells us all to bugger off because it's none of our business. Well, the success of it or the strength of the message is not going to be defined by either Bates or. Or the the noisy minority, as he described it in his program notes. Well, it it will be whether enough people choose to read the message and start asking the questions as well. Yeah, the concern for it really, if we don't go up, I think it'll really build momentum. I think the problem is if we, even if we do go up, I think that it's important that people still question it. Just because things are going well for a while, if if there is daily era shows anything really, you should never stop asking. You should never. Yeah, if the if it questions are worth asking regardless of what's going on it's you know these these will still be valid points next season even if we're at the top of the championship this time next year if these points are still there we, they still need answering I think well we will watch the uh, the 10 for Ken uh, campaign with, with great interest and perhaps uh, next time out we'll, we'll look to maybe get somebody on from that campaign uh, to speak about it and just to uh expand upon the things we've been talking about and uh, and explain it to us and, and, we'll, and we'll see where it goes from there uh, that nicely wraps up part three we'll have a look at what's coming up in the next fortnight of course the massive climax to the season uh, we'll have a look at Charlton and Bristol Rovers in just a moment Squareball Podcast, we're here for part number four, the predictions. Have a look at what we're going to be doing in the next fortnight, and it's pretty simple. Two games to go. We could be promoted uh, after the Charlton game if uh, we win and things go right for us. Or in a fortnight, we could be uh, looking forward with great trepidation to another adventure in the playoffs. Uh, First up then, Charlton next Saturday, uh, 1st of May. Everything on this game must win. Will we win? Probably not, just to make it last to the last game of the season. Give it all that build-up and then, no, I'm not going to win. Decent team, Charlton. (laughs) I'm seeing a situation where we'll lose, Millwall will draw, all goes into the last day, pegged on goal difference and get some ridiculous situation where we need to score three in the last ten minutes to secure promotion or something something bizarre like that. Then up steps Jermaine Beckford. <laughs> Maybe. And loses it, a hero. Was it true, that thing that we might need a playoff with Millwall to decide who gets the automatic spot and who if, goes into it, the if playoffs? It's, if points, goal difference and goal scored are all the same. Yeah. I wish people Does wouldn't tell me things then? like that. No, no, no it's, it's, it's goes to a playoff. Goes to a playoff so we can lose two playoffs. We yeah. can throw away a 20-point so lead over Millwall. We could lose a playoff to go into the playoffs to lose a playoff. Oh, God, yeah. But we might could be worse. We, we might, might win that Saturday. one and then lose in the final. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, might, um, we might go up next Saturday, though, so that's, you know... 
It's a possibility. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. But I just keep thinking. I just imagine. I, yeah. I had the same thoughts when I went to Old Trafford. I kept thinking, "Oh, we're going to get. We're going to lose. It's going to be terrible." But just imagine, and, and it happened. <laughs> Do we have anything to fear from from Charlton? Of course, we could. We we might not turn up. We might not play. But we carried ourselves off quite well at Norwich alright we, we lost to a late goal but we've won at Old Trafford we, we we played manfully against Tottenham is Grayson not going to be sat there saying you know this is not the hardest game you've faced this season lads just get out there do the job that I'm asking you to do well like us Charlton have not been very good really since early season so in, like it was us two running away with it at the top um, for the first few months and then uh, we both staggered away into a to this stage with still sort of with um, chances of promotion but yeah there's nothing there's nothing really to fear they don't, you don't look at their team and think like at Norwich I suppose you that going into that game I think everyone really expected us to lose because you, you know they've got a championship side really because they've, they've just got kept the same team but Charlton's you know they wanted to buy Trezor Candle <laughs> and Fraser Richardson's you know first choice I mean, don't get me wrong he's decent enough for League One but that's the sort of standard we're talking about there's no one they've not got a remarkably good team I think the attitude that you're talking about from Grayson has shown itself a bit over the last couple of games Gillingham losing those three goals in the first half now is obviously atrocious but then the second half we did come back to 3-2 which um, I think earlier in the season we may not have uh, um, have been anywhere near it could have just been it could have just fizzled out and there was some signs of a fight back and at Carlisle and against franchise they're both business like comfortable wins um, when we when required so if that's been the message that just stop pissing around just get out there and do it yeah do um, what you're capable of and there's been signs that in some of the performances like Gradle is finally playing um, the way we saw flashes of when he was on loan and Becchio has come back into form. Um, is it all coming together in a, in a perfect storm? Well, no, because the defence is still fucking atrocious. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I mean, with, we were playing against eight men on uh, Saturday and we still conceded a goal. And, and the, the possibility always remains, against Charlton especially, that we'll, um, we'll concede some stupid goals and, and just do another Swindon. Um, so I've got absolutely no faith in them whatsoever. Can't can we feel a little bit more optimistic? Is there not an argument as well? Says that uh, what Charlton are? Is it five points behind us now? Um, two games left. They would have to do better than several teams around them and us in order to get automatic. Is it not that they're probably now mentally got one eye on the playoffs, thinking we don't want to overstretch ourselves? Or- Yesterday's results realistically should rule out. Swindon and Charlton because Swindon now four behind and they have Millwall to play but then you're thinking well they, if they need to beat Millwall on the last day that means if we win we go up so you know there's, it, it, yesterday's results have been pretty good for us really it's, it's narrowed it down because you know even if Charlton beat us they're still relying on us and Millwall slipping up again on the uh, on the final day so yeah hopefully they're going to just Rest some players, please. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Gray did say very confidently on uh, Radio Bates that uh, Charlton and Swindon are both out of it now, which then did send me to the league table just to double check um, <laughs> what he was on about. But um, I think he, he's probably called that right. It is us and Millwall. We might have Lovely company. On paper, obviously, they've got a chance, but it's, yeah, realistically, you've got to think it'd take a freak set of results for that to happen. So, Like a third division team winning at Old Trafford, for example. <laughs> just kind of freak occurrence. One thing I think is worth mentioning on the Charlton game, just in terms of the ticketing arrangements, um, it was on a loyalty basis, but then they've the club released these they got some extra tickets, which they were saying available on this corporate deal, which I don't think I'd happy to be corrected on it but I'm pretty sure these are not the corporate bit isn't actually inside the stadium they're just tickets in the Leeds end mm. which they're then bundled with some coach travel in a hotel and charged 225 quid for completely vi- <laughs> completely bypassing the loyalty scheme which they kind of promoted and then they've now said oh yeah there's some extras available which I've got to presume are ones that were not sold from that well I'd, I'd read that um it was that Charlton had moved the the segregation, you know, the netting. They've moved it from it being inside the Leeds fans' end to the Charlton bit next to it. That was another reason I'd heard, and we might have anything up to five hundred tickets extra. But it, does that include lunch? It does. You don't get any prawn sandwiches there, no. no I just thought it was worth mentioning because it just seemed a bit, um, a little bit dubious to me that they'd kind of 
people on the trumpet, oh, it's a loyalty game, people will be rewarded, especially people with £225 to spend on a match ticket. Well, it's like the, the membership scheme for extra time membership scheme, isn't it? It's, it's just a little bit naughty, a naughty way of uh, squeezing more money out of people. I mean, there's an argument that says from a, a purely um, cynical business point of view, yeah, why not? But uh, we don't view it like that as from fans, a, do we? From a cynical business point of view, there's no reason why we aren't um, ransacking orphanage um, fundraising pots on shop counters. It's all money for Leeds United, isn't it? <laughs> we go and knock Danny Mills out of his wheelchair and take his bag of money. But um, I'd, I'd, I'd rather see a little bit of uh, integrity in our fundraising um, activity. I'm feeling a bit weird at how there's potentially only two games to go. It doesn't quite seem right. I've just been so... This has been such a long drag of a season that, that now it actually might be over soon. Um, I can't get my head around it. I keep, I've keep i got the two fixtures, Charlton and Bristol Rovers, written down, and I'm looking for, like, well, why aren't we playing Yeovil after that? Surely we've got to go to Wickham still at some point. But it's it really is nearly nearly done I'm just I really want it to be over now it's been it started off so so nicely now so the last four months it's just been a toil I just feel, I feel like I'm actually doing a job <laughs> having to watch it and think about it and looking at league tables thinking oh if we score three in this game then we get the swing on goal difference and they're going to have to then at least get a point there and it's become I'm just too sick, much I'm just sick yeah. of looking at different things that could potentially happen and being disappointed every single week um, so yeah let's concentrate very briefly on the Bristol Rovers game final game of the season are we worried about choking in front of a big crowd again because um, it's not beyond the realms of possibility is it it's not especially at home we've done it before so I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. we can do it again it's no problem it's good, choke. Be, yeah. <laughs> it's good to be playing a team that have got nothing to play for I suppose because they, they're firmly mid-table nothing, they're not going to go down there's no chance of the playoffs hopefully the players will be thinking oh I don't want to be have a sore leg for my holiday mentally on holiday already yeah there is that two games got to win them both to be to be sure of it we're capable of doing it again we've been saying this for, for months now haven't we that um, can do need to will we who knows see you in a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah we'll see <laughs> Yeah, so um, the next podcast might be uh, a, a very happy, overjoyed. I think we should we should probably attempt some sort of drunk podcast if and when we do go up. If um, I'm trying it this morning, I've still got <laughs> I've still got a fair bit sloshing around in me. I think if we're previewing the playoffs, I'm definitely getting drunk. Yeah, let, let's hope it's something we don't have to do um, in the next podcast. I can stop being a miserable bastard as well then, because I, I I am very negative. I've noticed. <laughs> I started off the first one and I was I was like the uh, the most optimistic. And yeah, Simon I've, Grayson can do no wrong. I've <laughs> since I've since fallen into a pit of misery. <laughs> but never mind. Drink will solve everything. Um, yeah, get in touch with us then. Share your thoughts. Podcast at the squareball.net. We're on the uh, the mediums of Facebook and Twitter. Uh, let's have a quick uh, look at the magazine. Current issue, that's issue 10, has now sold out, I believe. Stick that in your pipe, Ken Bates. We've sold all 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a mandate? And we're just putting the finishing touches to uh, issue 11. That's the final one of the season, which will be available for the Bristol Rovers game and hopefully not a playoff game. Hopefully a full report of our promotion sealed at, at Charlton next weekend. But, or maybe a playoff preview. No, we're not. We're not we don't playoff just, free zone. Yeah. Yeah, so look out for that. Issue 11 It's going to be out on the streets and via the Squareball shop. Uh, from the Bristol Rovers game onwards. That's from Saturday the 8th of May. Um, something that we do have in the shop, if you would like to uh, to buy one, is a Visit Beeston t-shirt. But we, I think we should give one away for free. How generous is that? Very generous. Too, too generous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Ken you're giving yeah. stuff away. <laughs> There's an ambulance heading to Monaco now. <laughs> um, let's do a, a competition. We'll, we'll send out a, a Visit Beeston t-shirt. Um haven't really had time to think of a question, so <laughs> does somebody want to quickly come up with one? What is your favourite Leeds United magazine? <laughs> no. Um, what about Do You Want It? Should we go for that as a question? Open-ended. Word limit, 200. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want the T-shirt, then? Um... We will be checking Spunk... Uh, spunk. <laughs> <laughs> Frau's very Freudian. We'll be checking spunctuation and uh, <laughs> and spanners. 
<laughs> Not to mention smelling. Moving away from spunctuation, um, the question is, do you want it? Send us your answers, along with your uh, T-shirt size, to podcast at thesquareball.net. Shall we judge it then, rather than picking one at random? I've got to judge it if it's oh, a well, competition. We'll we judge it, yeah, OK. So be, be creative. Do you want it? Do you want it? podcast at the squareball.net if you want to buy the magazine get the back issues from this season that are still left and if you want to buy the visit beast and t-shirts you can do it via the squareball.net chat forum on there as well um and i think that just about wraps it all up until next time but it's misery or uh, joy death or glory isn't it shit <sighs> um we will bid you farewell then thank you once again to radio air for uh, the use of the studio and ta to the others in the studio uh, michael normanton looking slightly better now I would say I'm going home to bed though don't you worry about that <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time Moscow White I'm going home to bed as well for a different bed different home <laughs> Oddy I'm going to the pub fantastic stuff uh, enjoy Leeds United's next fortnight if at all possible we'll speak to you after the Bristol Rovers game um, and we'll see you then to buy the Squareball magazine get back issues and podcasts visit thesquareball.net Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.